Hey there, good evening, welcome to The Conversation. I'm Brooke Thomas, filling in for Jank tonight. And we have a couple great guests, as always. We always have a couple great guests, or one really great guest. That's how it goes, Edwin, right? Um, and let's just get right into it. Uh, this uh, evening, we are talking with Dave Calver. He is the co-founder of Participant. And it's a really important company. And uh, Dave, I wanna talk uh, a lot about you. I wanna learn about you. I want you to uh, first, you know, tell us about yourself and tell us about Participant. Yeah, hi, Brooke. Thanks so much for having us. Uh, my name is Dave Calver. I'm a Canadian occupational therapist, and I've dedicated my career. I've been an OT now, or an occupational therapist, for about 15 years, and dedicated my career to development of wheelchair services and appropriate products in less resource countries or developing nations. And Participant came about as a result of all of our experiences working in these countries where, unfortunately, quality products were just not available. And the products, the products that did come into the country, sorry, were imported and therefore were extremely expensive and out of the reach of the majority. What we recognized is that the 10% of the population or 90% of the wheelchairs is being produced for 90 or 10% of the population. And we're very interested in participating in democratizing mobility and making sure that there's affordable quality products available for people all over the world. I love that. Why was this something that was so important to you? Well, I'm a wheelchair user myself, and so as a Canadian, I, I, I benefited from the social welfare system that we have in Canada. Uh -huh. Excellent services, a, a high choice in products, a high quality of products that were available to me as my All right, as stop bragging. You know, we're struggling yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah, not meant to point fingers. But having worked in countries like El Salvador and Colombia and, and South America, Central America, Eastern Europe, other people, my people that need wheelchairs don't have the same services, don't have the same options. And continuously through my NGO work over the years, we were bringing in these products that I had to say are great. They're, you're so lucky to get them. But in reality, the quality was not great. And it was a kind of an embarrassing thing because the, the participants would always come and say, Dave, why can't I have your chair? Oh. And I would say, I'm sorry, it's just not available here. So what we're trying to do at Participant is make these quality products available to everybody. Dave, you said something I saw when I was researching your company. You said 80% uh, of medical devices are designed for only one-fifth of those in need. Break that down for me. Yeah, so the, the vast majority of wheelchairs are, are owned by multinational companies, but are based in, in the United States. And so, therefore, the, the way that the design of these wheelchairs goes is for the medical coding of Medicaid. And that means getting maximum profit from the vendors, from the distributors, and from the producers or fabricators. Um, so the wheelchairs ended up, for example, a wheelchair, the first wheelchair we've designed, which you can see behind us, is for kids that require postural support or kids with like cerebral palsy, for example. And the chair like that in this country, the base of that chair would be worth $4,000. Wow. And then the seating, the backrest, the headrest, all the supports go up from there. So the most expensive wheelchair that I provided through the Canadian system was worth around $17,000. Whereas we know, for example, that this wheelchair can be sold in, in the five hundred to seven hundred thousand or seven hundred dollar range, sorry. Mm -hmm. So the, the 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 real cost of wheelchairs in the United States is not represented, it's not representative of the fabrication costs. So what we're looking to do is take away a lot of those middle people, do do user direct sales or an e-commerce system so that we can cut out a lot of that middle ground and make a wheelchair truly affordable to the people that need them. I love that. So tell me more about the pediatric wheelchair because um, I would, again, once I was doing research, I might, I, I stopped and focused a lot on that. 
It's really cool. Yes. Yeah, so there's about a, we figured that the World Health Organization reckons that there's seven, 70 million people in the world that need a wheelchair and have no access to one. And from that, we can separate that we think there's about 8 million children in the world that need a wheelchair but have zero access, which means that their mothers are carrying them all the time, mm-hmm. uh, which creates postural problems for the child, lifelong postural problems, and then also lifelong postural problems for the mother. So there's all these compounding medical complications and costs that go along with poor posture that, that unfortunately these, these children's and mothers experience, like you're seeing right now, a family that we interacted with in Colombia. Uh-huh. This mother has not had a wheelchair in the history of her child's life. So she's carried this child her entire time. Wow. Um, so this child here represents 8 million kids in the world that would be better supported, more mobility. This is another child from Colombia that yeah. we just came back from. Uh, and their parents then have free hands to do work, to to socialize, to clean the house, to to do other things, as opposed to always having to hold and support their child. This changes their lives. Yeah, it's a life changer. It, it's not just a life changer in terms of activity and access to schooling, but it 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 encourages and it, it, it uh, facilitates a long, healthy lifestyle because we're preventing these really serious postural problems. And where does 3D printing come into play here? Yeah, so what we're, we're trying to do is the 3D printing industry is still a little bit behind in terms of where we'd like it to be, but we're seeing massive gains. Okay. And so what we're doing with our designs is setting up the designs for like 4.0, industry 4.0. So when that the 3D printing comes online into the capacities that we believe it will have, we'll be able to make wheelchairs that involve no welding. And what that will allow us to do as participant is we're very interested in localization of services. So, for example, if country X, Colombia, for example, uh, the government there is showing an interest in providing wheelchairs for its people. So if they provide, if they purchase a certain number of wheelchairs, we can then give a factory, which will will include three printers and two benders. And then the the chairs will be bolted together with gusset, gusset joints made out of plastic that are 3D printed on site. So when we do that, we can then cut out the transportation costs of the wheelchair and again make the, the wheelchairs more affordable for for the ministries of health or the, the, the government departments that are responsible for them in those countries. The biggest feedback we hear from countries is not taking care of their population because it's financially impossible for them under their resources. Uh-huh. So we're trying to make products that are high quality, durable, appropriate, and an afford at a cost that the local governments or NGOs can afford. Well, let's uh, dig a little deeper into that because you've said your prices are adjusted um, to the ability to pay. How how are you able to sustain that? How does it work? Yeah, so we we recognize that different countries, different NGOs, we will have a base price on a base product that is available for an NGO that is working in country X or a large NGO that is multinational and working in multiple countries uh, because they will then give those wheelchairs for free inside of their programs. Uh, but we also recognize that there's there's emerging middle classes inside of, say, Mexico and Colombia. Uh-huh. And so we can we can offer a second level of product with a few more uh, frills, bells and whistles, uh, that will then be worth a little bit more and 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 the 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 market can be adjusted to their capacity to pay, which can then again help support services in the less resource countries. That's fantastic. How else do you think uh, you set yourself apart? You all stand apart. Um, compared to your competitors? Yeah, I think our main difference is going to be e-commerce and and customer direct sales. You know, in the United States context, we recognize that a huge number of people are underinsured 
or non-insured because they can't afford premiums. And that significantly uh, applies to families that have children with disabilities or adults with disabilities inside the family. They cannot get insurance. So therefore, they're having to buy wheelchairs at full market value. Well, full market value may represent six, seven months rent for a family or a second mortgage on a house. In the case of a child with a very complex disability, the chair could be worth $20,000 here in the United States. So what we're looking to do is make a chair that will sell for a maximum of $1,000 in the United States, offer the full range of options and supports mm -hmm. that the chairs in the $20,000 range will, will, will offer, and offer the parents the ability to buy them direct from us. And so therefore, they won't be going into the Medicaid system where if it isn't approved, they could be waiting for months to receive that, that, that product. We can have it to them by Tuesday, for example, oh, wow. through 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 e-commerce and through shipping systems that are available throughout the world. The other thing we're going to be doing is through our website, we're trying to create a community around this. So I will be making, we will be making a whole system of videos that if they have a broken caster wheel, for example, that could represent a month, two months, three months without mobility while the vendors and the distributors queue them up for the repairs. Mm -hmm. Well, we believe that we can send you a wheel and send you a link for a video and mom and dad can change that wheel themselves because it's not rocket science. The other big thing that we're trying to do is we're going to make a wheelchair that is based completely on the metric system and that all of the bolts on the chair will be of a six millimeter with a 10 millimeter head design and nut. Therefore, in every box, we will ship them the one to three tools that will be necessary to adjust every single part of that chair. The average chairs in the United States, they would need a whole toolbox because there could be up to 20-something different sizes of, of bolts with a mix of metric and standard. So it's very daunting for a family to take control of those devices within their own home. And in talking to a lot of American families, we realize is that they're feeling un, disempowered and that they're really looking forward to the opportunity to take control of the devices for their family again. Wow. So I just want to... Uh I guess we almost have to wrap up here because, but I had I had even more questions for you because, you know, when you were talking about this, we're talking about something that tens of millions of people need, you know, and it's it seems like a very basic need for these tens of millions of people. How is the system able to just be so lacking in that? What do you think? I, I wish I had an easy answer for yeah. you, Brooke. I, I think, unfortunately, what we need to look at this is as a human right. Yeah. Mobility is a basic civil right. And the governments that are all part, that are signees and ratified the, the UN Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities, which is the largest uptake of a UN convention in the history of the world, have accepted their responsibility to their people to provide mobility. Mm -hmm. And that includes wheelchairs, walkers, crutches, whatever the case may be. Um, I think what we need to do is have a revolution in the mobility industry and lower the prices to something that is more affordable. Then we'll see governments take on the responsibilities because it's not so daunting. But I also think that there's a room for customer direct sales and empowering the, the local population and the families to take care of each other and themselves. Dave, thank you so much for being here with us this evening. Really quickly, how can uh, people find out about Participant? Find out more. Hopefully they found out enough. Yeah, a lot thank, here, right? thank you, Brooke, for the time. Thank you. Yeah, and this is a conversation we hope to expand in the future. So right. so thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to you. You can find us at www.participant.life. Uh, and we really do hope to expand the conversation and people can join our forums and our conversations and send us information. And we, we look forward to hearing people's feedback because we're looking forward to making this as large as possible.
Dave, I appreciate you joining us here tonight. Thank you so much. No, thank you. The pleasure is ours. Thank you so much. All right, we'll be right back with some tools and tips on how to live a more peaceful life in this wild political climate. Stay with us. Hey there, y'all. So I am really excited about this next interview because you know, generally, I am not a calm person, and I feel like once you hear um, this, our next guest, her peaceful demeanor, that we're all going to be a little calmer. Life is going to be a little more peaceful. Watch. <laughs> I want to see if you can notice the difference. All right, let's uh, let's bring her in right now. We are uh, pleased to have Indira Dial Dominguez joining us. Very nice to meet you e face to face. We've talked on the phone. But yes. I've never seen you. So it's uh, very nice to have you here with us this evening. How are you? I'm doing great, Brooke. It's really great to be with you. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm thrilled. I think this is a great opportunity to just really bring out something that can make all of us feel better. As you said, calmer. Yes, I need that. Tell us a little bit about, tell our viewers, what do you do? So, so Brooke, I'm, I'm an author. My, the name of my book is You, a Spiritual Being on a Spiritual Journey, a New Paradigm for Living Life. I, I really feel, Brooke, that we are in a paradigm shift, and we'll talk a little <laughs> bit about that. I'm also the founder of Indira Life, which is a website that is designed to give anybody a pathway to living the life that they really love. And I have an online program where I've taken my 20 years of just working with individuals, groups, executives, and using my tools, and I've brought it so it could be simple and easy for anyone to to use in their life. Now, you like to say um, we're living in a new era. Uh, explain that for yeah. us. Well, well, Brooke, I, I just was even watching a little bit of the news. You know that it seems like everything we know mm-hmm. isn't what can give us what we want anymore. No, you're I mean, right, this the is answers, not normal. Yeah. No, it's, it's totally not normal. Right. I mean, um, we're dealing with the kind of issues that what we've been taught and what we've learned mm-hmm. and how we know to be isn't giving us the results we want. <laughs> right. So yes, what do we exactly. do then? So because... You know what, let's let's just like dig right into it because you know this is kind of a political news network and this is what we talk about. So let's talk politics and that I feel like I hear from so many people, everyone is more interested and involved in the process than I think I've ever seen before. And that's a good thing. But it is stressing people out. Yes. Yeah. So what do we do? You know, Brooke, I want you to know that I think the fact that we're also involved is the up up like is the it's the positive, the, right? Like the, the A, the A of our exam, you yeah. know, it's like amazing. It's the silver amazing. lining in all of this, yeah. <laughs> yes, like we're finding that that we all have something to contribute, that we have something to, we can live in, we can live with our purpose. We can go within ourselves. We just don't have to work and get a job and pay the bills anymore. But what is occurring is that the mind my my work is that the mind has exhausted the the limits to the solutions it could give us. So let me say a little bit about that. Okay. Um. Uh, you could say that the only place we could go to for our solutions is is the, is what we learn and what we know, and and that comes from our mind. 
And what happens is that the mind then assesses and brings, gives us a logical conclusion. Uh, like, let's just take the polarization we're dealing with. You could say that that the more that we go to the mind, the more polarized we become. Because the only thing we can do is to do everything we know how to do that the mind is telling us is here, here's a solution. But what happens when you start to unplug the mind, which is what I do, is that you release and let go of all of those concepts and beliefs that the mind holds as true. And what happens is that this blank canvas, this new space becomes available to you so that you can make the changes that you're committed to, but do it in a way that is very different than what your mind would tell you how to do it. So how, I know you can't give us everything because if, if it were simple, you wouldn't have a whole book on it, right? But you know, tell us the beginning, how do we begin to, I guess, unplug our minds? Yeah, so how we begin is, I, I actually have uh, five and 10 minute audios that people use a lot. Like mm-hmm. that's really why, the fact of the matter is Brooke, that's why I did the book and that's why I have my online program because I mean, it's it's not complicated. I've made it simple. Let's put it that way. So let's say you wake up in the morning and you've got life you got to deal with. And you're already stressed out before you get out the door. Um, you didn't sleep well the night before. Right. You're going to work and you've got issues with people in the meeting that you find is against your agenda. And you're already stressed. So a five-minute unplug releases all of that. And then what happens is you go into your day without without that around you, without that being what is shaping your experience of, of, your, of your day and interacting with people. And over time, you start to get different answers and different solutions You'll be sitting in your meeting and you'll find yourself saying something and you're like, wow, that's not normally what I would say. But you find that what you've said has come from a place that's not limited by how the mind knows you to be, the situation to be, and the people around you to be. I, so, you know, does, do you, how does it work, though? Does, do you, what do you hear back from people who are entering in this process, who are using these tools, what, do you, what, do you, what are some of the responses you hear from people? People who are originally you know, very involved and very in their heads. What happens when they begin yes. to unplug? So the first thing that happens to, let me say 100% of the people, oh. is they, yes, they have an immediate experience of real peace. Really? Yes, yeah, 100%. And then what happens over, let's say, a couple of weeks, is they start to find that the things that they annoy them, that they think are like playing in their head all the time about what's necessary, what's important in order to fulfill this thing or that thing, has gone to the background. And then they find that the answers that they really are looking for is coming from a part of them that, 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 houses their true self uh-huh. and they start to trust that part of them more. So like, for example, I have a parent that 
spent five years taking her child to all the therapy and counselors. And I'm not saying that those aren't great sources of something, but this is what she did. And for anxiety and not being focused in school and in four to five weeks of using these tools, this child found themselves like totally without that participating in life and joining football teams. You know, it's that kind of thing that happens with these tools. So, okay, because I feel like we're talking very generally here, right? And yeah. uh, I, I, just in case someone at home is maybe not following along or they need you to dig you know, in a little bit more for them, you talk about fulfilling your vision with out-of-the-box answers. Give me, I guess, a, a specific example of like what's in the box, what's out of the box, because we don't even know what we're doing wrong. We're just doing it wrong, you know? You're so right, <laughs> you're so right. So let me give you an example. Okay. So I have a couple that... Um, on the verge of a divorce, like oh. like clear, clear. They have done everything and it's not gonna work. So what happened is when you unplug the mind, this is what happens. Your mind already has created, you could say truths or, or beliefs, and there's physical evidence for it, facts. Like things that you can see, things that you are saying, look what happened, this really did occur. And when that is no longer there as, as in your consciousness, in your where you have unplugged it, you understand when you unplug it, Brooke, you have released your mind as who you are. So what's happening with them? What, what's, is it working? I mean, what's happening with them in the process what, of what this unplugging? The uh, couple. Well, well, what's happening with them when they unplug it they start to see each other very differently because they're no longer seeing each other through what the mind has said is true or real about them. I see. I see. What and when saying. that happens, a, a new space opens up in how to be in your relationship and with each other. And the more that you do that, the less of what the mind has defined as this is reality shapes your interactions or that relationship. Well, Indira, speaking of all of the shaping and, and thinking outside of the box and um, getting unplugging your mind, you have something special for TYT viewers, right? Yes, I do. Tell us. I do. So here's the deal, Brooke. I, I feel like there's so many of us that are really, we are coming alive with our passion. We are coming alive with, with something inside of us that is bigger than, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying making money isn't important, but a vision, a, a purpose, let's say, right? And, and what I want to offer all your viewers is two weeks free of my tools. You, you just try it. See what it could do for you. You'll experience what I'm talking about and have a direct experience of how you could use this in your life. So there it is, endearalife.com slash TYT free, right? Yes, endearalife.com slash TYT free. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight on The Conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Brooke. It was a privilege. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's it for The Conversation. It's been a blast as always. I'm Brooke Thomas filling in for Jane. Thanks for having me. Post game, that's next. That's the best, that's one of the best parts of the network. Post game is next.